Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. We just got out of a series. I guess when I say we, I mean the Mets just got out of a series against the San Diego Padres in which one game was really good and then the other two, they kind of kicked the Mets' teeth in. So in celebration of their victory and their absolutely phenomenal social media. It, seriously, if you are a baseball fan and you want to laugh, check out the Padres' Twitter feed. Their team does an amazing job. They did a cameo with Pete after they beat the Mets game where he said, Hi, this is Pete Alonzo, and you just lost to the San Diego Padres. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> it was really funny. So I highly suggest checking them out. But the, the Padres have always kind of been a bit of a funny franchise when you think about it. They've, they've, they've definitely liked to wear some funny uniforms. No doubt. And, and um, so this is the second of our team deep dives and, and kind of the way it's, it's, it's coming about is went down and say, well, which teams I can't, I can't bring this to it. Haven't won any world series. Let's start with those guys. So, now, part, part of our reasoning, not just to take a shot at these franchises, right. that the vast majority of franchises that haven't won world series also have been around the least amount of time. So it made these easiest, the easiest episodes to get ready for. <laughs> That's true, except the Padres have been around for 52 years. Right, but it's not like going to do, like, even if you're looking at some of the original franchises, if you're going to talk about the New York Yankees, you're talking about, like, 100 years of history and, like, 13 different important teams. And and the Padres are far from being the team with the longest drought, right? So even before they were born, the Indians haven't won since 1948, and they're the team with the longest, you know, drought. So, um, you know, but they, they haven't won. And so we talk, talked about there's a few teams that will go in this category. So we did an American League team. We did the Mariners. And so now we go to the Padres. Um, and they were founded at the beginning of divisional play. So that was almost the reason, right? Because you added because you best. needed to balance the divisions. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, it, it's interesting that they come in because I think that's a, very, a big demarcation line in baseball history where divisional play was introduced. So when you're a franchise that's only existed for the existence of divisional play, it kind of changes because your your franchise isn't going to be known as well by the rest of the country because you don't have the history like like you don't have the same history of playing all these other teams like you did when there was just league play. Yeah, I I you know you might be able to say that about the Angels too mm-hmm. to a degree because they they came in before divisional play, but they were an expansion team that came in the early 60s. Um, and because they play in the West Coast, the whole East Coast bias is you don't get to see as many of their games. That's definitely true of the Padres. I mean, look, look, the Mets Padres games, you know, they gave you a break. They started 640 local time in San Diego. These games still aren't finishing until. Oh, night. I, I, I think at best, if you're an East Coast fan, try, and I think that's why teams like the Padres, on top of them also having struggled, they had a period of time between, you know, like the last 15 years between 2020 and this year were brutal for them. But it's why people are generally unfamiliar with their players is because it's just difficult to watch. And as the age of highlights has died down, you don't get a lot of, you know, if you're not really plugged into baseball, you're not going to get San Diego Padre highlights on the East coast. And you're not going to know what they did a lot of the time. No, no. And, and not unless it's one of the, the, one of the two series a year, if you're the Mets or the one series a year, maybe if you're the Yankees or somebody, you're going to hear about them. And they've had the, the misfortune, if you will, to, to never have a sustained period of, of excellence where they made the playoffs for years. And in fact, they, they've won only two NL pennants and they lost in the World Series both times. Um, so they've only had 15 winning seasons 
uh, th- through 2021 so in 50 years. That's tough. I-, I will give it to him. Being in a division with the Giants and the Dodgers can't be easy just because you're going to get beat up on in that division a lot because those are two very strong franchises. Now, you could argue a bit of a chicken or an egg situation. I was like, well, is the project franchise, you know, do they struggle because they play in the same division as the Dodgers and the Giants or do the Dodgers and Giants benefit because they play in the same division as the Padres kind well, of thing. And don't forget the Rockies play in that division too. And, and the Diamondbacks, but they've not been around as long. But but neither of those teams um, uh, like the Padres have had uh, that, you know, four, five, six, you know, year run where they made the playoffs four times in six years. Or yeah. Whatever. They just, they, they can't sustain. It's like a year or two and then they go away. Now, granted, that Padre team kind of got screwed last year because they were playing in the best division in baseball between right. them, the Dodgers and the Giants. So somebody wasn't making the playoffs and that's not their fault. And they look real good again this year. And you're not having to do that. They're, they're much more likely to get out this season and either as a wild card, as most likely as a wild card. I think we both picked them uh, over mm-hmm. the Giants actually this year, if I'm not mistaken. So we were just, we were not convinced that the giant, magic that seemed to exist last year could repeat itself again this year and it, it, they're a good team but they're not as unbelievably good as last year which i think all without tatis so that which well thing. no i was talking about the giants <laughs> oh, the giants i'm talking yeah the yeah, padres not are good as last year no the yeah. magic is not quite there this year for the giants to the degree that it was last year and they don't mm-hmm. have Galson, you know and then it seems like that's that a pretty important guy mm-hmm. so um yeah but so back the, to the padres yeah yeah the padres um have a, have a losing record all time, as we said, 15 winning seasons. Uh, so they're, they're quite a bit under 500 for their, for their uh, tenure. Um, and they ha- there was a team called the Padres in the Pacific Coast League, which is why they call the team Padres. Just to uh, kind of like honor that, that area. Right. It, like, it's almost like that franchise got elevated to the major leagues, essentially. And, and I don't know if we talk about this. So I always think about the Padres when I was a kid because the guy that started McDonald's, Ray Kroc, uh, K-R-O-C, mm-hmm. He ended up buying, you know, the Padres. And, and isn't it interesting how guys, you know, and people with money like to buy sports teams, even as far back as 50 years ago, they were doing that kind of stuff just a toy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, one, I had no idea that Ray Croft was the original. So is he the original owner of the know, Padres or is he a guy yes, that owned I, them? I, may, I, I may be wrong, but he's, he was there in the 70s for sure. So it might have been he. And then so, his wife, actually, his widow, I should mm-hmm. say, ran the team, Joan Croft, for years after he had passed away. And, and, and that was its own thing uh, in terms of communication. And, and, and again, with a losing record, as long as people blame the owner anyway. Um, yeah, no, no. From I, I have not heard much, but I've not heard it was a um, entirely enjoyable ownership right. for the fan base. And then and then we can talk about the uniforms. The Padre uniforms. Yeah. So, so I, I want to ask you, like, you know, unless you're Cleveland and you play football, like, why would Brown be one of your primary colors? See, here's what I'll say. What bugs me about those uniforms, right? And now, granted, they're ironically good today. Yes. So, like, when they bust them out today because of their existence in the past and how bad they were, they get a pass today because, like, ironically, we can enjoy them. Because, wow, I can't believe people actually wore these. <laughs> but what bugs me is there had to be more than one person in the room when somebody wheeled that uniform design in and they all looked at it up on the dummy and then everybody in that room apparently said, yes, this is a good idea. Our players will be respected in these uniforms. And 
They now, certainly we, were not. We just did an episode, episode 304, on saying that Major League Baseball uniforms are still too uniform. And so here we are kind of jumping on the Padres for taking a chance, right, going out there and doing something way along. No, I, I, wild. I, I applaud them for taking a chance. It's still a bad out <laughs> uniform. Like, like, that's the thing. They, they, good on them. You know what? Clap San Diego Padres. You are one of the true fruit franchises that is willing to experiment and try different things with your jerseys. Now, maybe you could start getting a little bit of a higher success rate for all of us. It just, you know, mustard, hot dogs, schnitzel. I couldn't, I could never figure out what, that, what was. That's what a was. really rough color combo they've it got really going is. with like brown, yellow is just brutal. They, um, they do have a really strong connection. Uh, San Diego's a military town, a Navy town in, in particular, but a mm-hmm. uh, military town. And so the military installations around them, Coast Guard and Marine Corps and all that, this is obviously Top Gun is out They had the camo so, uniforms that they wear. Right, right. They, right? They, they started all that kind of stuff. Right, right. So that was, uh, they've done a nice job in that area in terms of sort of bringing that to the forefront um, and obviously can go beyond that uh, into what's going on today, but uh, good on them. I think we're doing that. Their playoff history. It's, it's pretty short. We're going to be able to go through them all here. Um, yeah. Cause there's not much of it. Unfortunately, not too much. 1984, they, uh, they went to the uh, NLCS and lost to the, uh, excuse me, they beat the Cubs and they went to the World Series and lost to the Tigers. So that was the great Tiger team. In 96, and I have forgotten, they lost to the Cardinals in, in, in uh, the Division Series. Uh, they beat the Astros in 98, beat the Braves, and then got swept by the Yankees in the World Series. Oh, that was a, I remember that World Series. It, that was dominant by the that Yankees. Was the, that was that 998 Yankee team that won 114 regular yeah, season games. Nobody was beating that yeah, team. That kind of a juggernaut team, obviously. Uh, and then they lost uh, to the Cardinals in 05 and 06. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, I do remember those two series. And again, it was just like those Padre teams kind of felt like they backed into the playoffs a little bit. You know, I think those were that was near the very end of Trevor Hoffman's career, if I remember correctly. It was, you're right. And then obviously in 2020, they did make the playoffs, kind of getting over one of their demons in the St. Louis Cardinals because they had lost to them the previous three times in the playoffs, only to then face the Dodgers in the NLDS and get walloped on the Dodgers and the, way and the to Dodgers on a mission in 2020 uh, and yeah that nobody was getting in their way that year so uh, we'll talk about individual players um uh, we could talk about uh you know the we'll go through the the top players by war which I think is a good way to look at it because basically it only accounts for the time you spent with that team so you know you could be a famous Padre uh, a better player elsewhere and have a long lifetime war but if you're only at the Padres for a little bit of time you'll be lower on the list um, but it, it surprised me that Steve Garvey um, is one of the Padres who only five Padres that had his number retired. And I just, I, I mean, Steve Garvey, not a Hall of Famer, but really good ball player. Um, I always think of him as a Dodger. Um, and I was surprised that he played enough seasons with the Padres to have his number retired. It's, it's, it is interesting. And I, when you think about the list of great Padre players, uh, it's not very long, unfortunately. <laughs> well, um, and look, look, let's let, let's go there uh, and talk about. So it's it's easy to pick right, the, the greatest padre of them all. There's right, only there's only one choice, and everybody knows who it is. Right, right. You, we almost don't need to talk about Tony Gwynn. <laughs> right, right, right. There's no question about it. Is it, he's he's uh, you know 
I spent his entire career with the Padres, you know, which is crazy. Um, and he um, ha- has a, a, the highest war by far of any Padre, like more than double. Right. Else. Like, it's just, it's not even close how much better it was. And I think it's unfortunate that he played at a time where it was particularly difficult for like, for like somebody like me who would should have grown up and seen Tony Gwynn dominating as yeah. a child. I didn't get to see any of that. Yeah, I just, you know, he's, he's just got a great baseball reference page to look at, you know. The first thing I, I always noticed, he's got 20 years, you know, and, and a career 338 batting average and a career 388 on base. I think we're done there. I, I think the wild stretch is where he hit 394, 368, 353, 372, winning four consecutive batting titles. A lot of black <laughs> ink on his page, folks. So if you go to baseball reference, yeah. what they do is they bold uh the the stats for the years which he led the league in that statistic and just you know a lot of guys you'll see guys play 12 years in the, and never have a black king stack at all because they never led the league in anything tony quinn's got a lot of yeah he led the league in batting and hits a lot and he had one season his age uh 22 season where he hit under 300 hitting a for him paltry 289 and that was in 54 games of 190 at bats that was the lowest average of his entire career yeah yeah so he, he uh we could gush all day about Tony Wood Jr. so so <laughs> no, we go down the rest of the list and we, we won't go you know we won't spend too much time on it but I like to talk about the names right because they yeah they, guys that I know. So the second guy is somebody I probably would have thought would be near the top, but I was surprised that he, again, was less than half the war. And that's Hall of Famer Dave Winfield. And I mean, is it really that surprising? Because you would really peg him as, I mean, maybe him or Hoffman is the second best player in Padre history. Well, I'm glad you said that about Hoffman. So by the way, and and, and Winfield played more years for the Yankees than he did for the Padres, which I think is interesting. Uh, And yet I still think of him as a Padre and he's number two on their all-time list. Uh, But Hoffman is not the third guy uh, on the list. He's the fourth guy on the list. So good on you. Um, And and this is, is, I think, going to reveal why pitching war is kind of messed up. Because the guy who's third on the list is Jake Peavy. So if you're a Padre fan, do you really think that Jake Peavy was a better Padre than Trevor Hoffman or a more famous Padre? I mean, one of them's a Hall of Famer, and it ain't Jake Peavy. It's interesting. That that it is interesting. One, I think, probably because it's harder than anything for a closer to accumulate a lot of war right. compared to right. a, a, a starting pitcher. And the fact that Hoffman was as close as it as he was kind of tells you how good a pitcher Hoffman was. Right, right, and and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. It's you know, uh, and maybe I'm undervaluing what Jake Peavy did in his career, particularly when he was with the Padres, when he was I think at his best by far, uh, and and he was a dominant pitcher, won a Cy Young. So you know, but just in terms of his overall, he, he's I'd say a, a true almost guy, and, and maybe only barely an almost guy. Oh yeah, doubt one hundred percent. As far as Jake Peavy's concerned. Yeah, he's yeah, he is he's he's maybe an almost guy. So so the rest of the list, then we'll just kind of go through. You tell me, like, if I mention names that you know these players and and what you know about them, because I, yeah. I've been around longer, so I'll know them more. So the the fifth guy is Andy Ashby. Uh, was he a pitcher? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I vaguely remember him, like like late nineties, early two thousands, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and, and so I guess he pitched a lot. And, and I was confused, thinking that he was related to Alan Ashby, who pitched for the. They're not related, so not at all. I was, I was so wrong. I mean, he pitched below- fourteen seasons and a, a lot of them for yeah. the Padres, so it's not surprising he would be up pretty high on the list. And he made two All Star teams for them. 
But when you look at his career, it, it's one more of longevity than it is about effectiveness, if you want to find my Yes. <laughs> um, Adgon is next, which... Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember Adrian Gonzalez, and that doesn't surprise me because really his most productive seasons outside, I think maybe one or two, were with the Padres. Absolutely. And and he finished his career with our Mets, but uh, Adrian Gonzalez, really good player, had a very nice career, 287 career batting average. Uh, you know, he had 300 career home runs, which I would have not guessed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I'm surprised he was able to break that level. I would have not put him up that high. So, uh, and let me go. So Andy Bennis, you may have heard of, he, he had a brother who pitched Alan Bennis, um, Andy Bennis. No. Okay. Gene tennis. I mean, that sounds like a fake name. It's it's, for the, first of all, it's T A N E A C E and Gino Tenace. Gino, Gene tennis was more notable to baseball fans for his performance with the Oakland A's in the world series in 1973, I think Mm. where he hit four home runs and out of nowhere and became this, you know, sort of story. Uh, Anyway, uh, how about Randy Jones? No, Randy, Randy Jones and not the village people, Randy Jones. This is Randy Jones, the left-handed pitcher for the Padres, was a very good pitcher for the Padres. He won a Cy Young and finished second the year before. Um, and, and of course, then he went to the mess late in his career and he was terrible, um, which is just very typical. But, you know, very, very tough lefty. Um, I mean, yeah, the guy had two twenty wins. Uh, but then again, you look at if you want to look at a guy and be like, what the heck happened between 1974 and 1975? Because <laughs> he goes 8-22 and 22 in 74 with a 440 ERA. Somehow the next season, he flips it around, goes 20-12 and 12 with a 224 ERA. Like, he, he, he's actually the guy that discovered spider tech. Yeah, yeah. Then the, the <laughs> next year, he just follows that up with a 22 and 14 season, except he also threw 25 complete games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy was a horse. And that's why you wanted him on it, because he just gave you in. He's at a time where that was still really important. And still managed to have a whip at at uh, 1.027, which for a starting pitcher is really good. Yeah, he was he was a good pitcher until until he came to the Mets. Uh, uh, well, pretty much he was a good pitcher for that year. And then <laughs> afterwards, he was middling at best. <laughs> The, the other guys, um, so I, I didn't know the guy at number 10, a guy named Gene Richards. I had to go look his stuff up. He played from uh, 77 to 84. I, I don't know how a guy like this could be an all-time, well, is that an all-time Padre? He's just by war, right? So if you ask a Padre fan, I you they wouldn't know who Gene but, Richards is. Well, I mean, he's 10 I, by war. I mean, um, he is he is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, no, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's, that's no, that's Keith Richards, you're thinking. <laughs> uh, that could, uh, uh, I'm thinking of Gene Simmons. <laughs> uh, no. and, and then you've got Chase Headley, who's 11th. Um, I remember Chase Headley. Yeah, and, yeah. But like that's where you're getting down to. You get Chase Headley and Phil Nevin. Right. Ken Cameron, you know, won an MVP, not with the Padres. He, he, yeah, won, he, won, with, a, he won it with the Padres. Oh, that's right. It was not, he was after he was with the Astros. He came to the Padres and won it. Right. Yeah, I mean, now granted, Ken Caminiti was on an incredible amount of steroids at the time. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, rest in peace, Ken Caminiti. But uh, yeah, he was a, a really good ball player. Uh, Brian Giles was a good ball player. You probably haven't heard too much. I remember. No, I heard about Brian Giles. Okay. He was a second baseman. I, I don't know if he was a second baseman. Actually, I thought he was an outfielder for some reason. Maybe maybe I think of a different Giles yeah, then. Yeah, he was an outfielder. Um, and, and then, uh, Nate Colbert, who was an original Padre. And I remember because I was really following it that year when they were the first guy and he had one or two good years. 
Um, but you know, you probably uh, Terry, Terry Kennedy, you remember Terry Kennedy? No, but the problem is now you're getting to the point where guys that had one or two good years right. are making the top here. So we're, we're, we're looking at some of these people like Manny Machado is in the top 24, right? Because He's played like two good seasons for the Padres. It's not, that's not good. That's like that's, that's not a good for the Padres. So, so this doesn't make you an all-time Padre. All we're saying is that these are the guys by war, and it's just a barometer of sorts. I'm right. sure we could come up with other guys who are more beloved. Like I, I think of two guys that played short and second together for only two years: Jerry Royster and Tim Flannery for the for the for the Padres. And and I don't know why these names are memorable, but I bet you they'd be more memorable than some of the names that we just mentioned. For the oh, Padres I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So um, and then and then you go to the the manager right. Um, Bruce Bochy managed twelve seasons in San Diego. Now this is a manager who we've said on this podcast we think is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's got two thousand sure. wins, uh, uh, but seven of his twelve seasons in San Diego were below five hundred. I just find that very interesting. I mean. For a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame as a manager, things things are a lot more relaxed on the West Coast. Seven out of twelve <laughs> years under five hundred. What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. In New York, that gets you fired. So, uh, and and I think you know the the, the Padres are, are are starting to put together today. You know, a little bit of sustained good teams, right? This is what the third year in a row, I think with a guy like Tatis there uh, and a couple of other folks they have there, they have a chance to be good for a while, as long as they can put pieces around them. Uh, mm-hmm. And the pitching is, I think, you know, overall a, a lot deeper than people give credit for. Musgrove's a stud. So it'd be nice to see the Padres. They erased the no hitter thing finally last year behind Jill Musgrave, right? So now they're not the only team that doesn't have no hitter. They have yeah. one. Then um, you get off being that team. Uh, I'd like to see him get off the schneid and, and win a World Series, just not this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, once the Mets win one, then they can have theirs. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.